Forgotten is a new podcast about hundreds of young women who have disappeared and turned up dead in Juarez, Mexico, right across the border from El Paso, Texas. It's a story about borders, migration, and corruption. We talk to victims' families, FBI agents, and a former U.S. ambassador to understand why these crimes have remained unsolved. Listen to Forgotten Women of Juarez on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Hi, everyone. My name is Andy. And I am Naomi. And we are a real-life couple, a real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we bring you the very best sets from our live show where we have comics who are close, do sets together, about their relationship. <laughs> Sometimes, Naomi, we do something a little different, like have a guest in the studio to answer advice questions. This is one of those episodes. I feel like you guys knew. You heard that voice. You heard that voice up top, and you said, "Who is this?" Some stranger's voice. You didn't. You didn't look at who. You didn't look at the uh, metadata on the <laughs> on the MP3 on your player or at Spotify. You did not look at the picture online on Twitter or Instagram. You said, "I'm going into this." No spoilers. I don't want to even know who the guest is. I love that. Now we're gonna spoil it, Naomi. Who uh, is it? Oh, uh, today we answer your relationship questions with. Actor, writer, Danny Pudi. You guys, you know Danny from such shows as Powerless Community. Yes. Hello. And the new Apple Plus show Mythic Quest, which is out now and you should download because it is funny. And in addition to Danny being in it, I'm in it too. Yes, Naomi. So you were quite funny. Thank you so much, Andrew. We were at the premiere a couple weeks ago. And, and it was... Uh, Biggest laughs of the night were Naomi's. <laughs> no way. But uh, it is a very fun show, and Danny is wonderful in it. And you know what, you guys? He was a wonderful guest. Yeah. He really came to us with an open heart and yeah. a loose butt. Oh, my God. Naomi, do you, was I uh, weird at all? Because you know I'm a huge community fan. Well, I was actually going to say, I'm like, Andy, you were so cool. Like, okay. You were so cool and cash. I thought you were going to be a little more flustered because you are such a community fan. Yeah, I mean, I've watched community over, I think, at least three times. And I remember you were like, should I wear my Abed shirt? And I was like, apps. <laughs> I have. There, Abed wears this shirt in one episode, and I've never been able to find it online. Finally, someone just made their own version of it. Yes. And I bought that. And uh, I'm sure there are copyright issues, <laughs> but I thought the shirt was so fun. Uh, Albuquerque Wrestling, if you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I'm a huge community fan. Abed, his character, obviously Danny isn't Abed. Right. But I did connect a little bit with uh, Abed, myself being, uh, if not on the spectrum, close to the spectrum, raised on the spectrum. I say I'm not on the spectrum, but I was raised on the spectrum. I say you're like on the spectrum. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Um. Yes, but uh, so, but I, I, I think I was pretty cool. You did. You played yeah, a really. I did cool. not freak out. I wasn't. I didn't uh, confuse Danny for his characters. Because <laughs> also on Mythic Quest, he plays a very different character. I know. It's like so. Than, yeah. yeah. Than either Powerless or Community. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, this was great. This was wonderful. Um, by the way, 
If you live in Los Angeles, my friends, and you want to come see one of our live shows, the next one is March 7th, this Saturday. Woo, baby. And it's a uh, murderer's row, I would say. We got Patty Harrison. We got Rosebud Baker and Andy Haynes. We got Paul Downs and Lucia Agnello. We got Danielle Schneider and Matt Besser. I mean. Well, that's four comedy royalties right <laughs> right in a row. I know. We have three power couples. Yeah. That's huge. We know, Three couples? My God. Yeah. If you want to get tickets to any of those, go to CouplesTherapyPod.com and click on See Us Live. Also, you know, we just had Nithya Raman on. She's running for city council here in Los Angeles. Today is primary day. Yes, she is running for city council in District 4. So if you are in that district, get to your local poll and vote, peeps. Get your little butts over there. She is changing the city, all right? She has already changed the city with her uh, an organization she co-founded called SELA, which helps the homeless. And uh, she's going to do it on a larger platform once you vote her into city council. Well, primary. Get her on. Yes, the, yeah. yes. Get her Let's in. Get her there. in. But uh, but yes. What's that? Uh, I think that should be about it. You know. By the way, we we have a Patreon. As you know, you can sign up. Two bonus episodes. Me and Andy having fun, getting connected. Get into it, guys. Less than the cost of a plate of mozzarella sticks anywhere. No one sells mozzarella sticks for less than we charge for the Patreon. <laughs> That's a promise. <laughs> so yeah, you guys. The point is. Get involved. Get involved in the pot. Get involved in your local elections. And get involved in this episode with the wonderful, kind, open-hearted Danny Pudi. And if you'd ever like to leave a voicemail of your own and ask an advice question, 323-524-7839. But without any further ado, here's Dan. Do you find, Naomi, we've been doing this show for about a year and a half now. Do you find that the person, the, our guest line reading, reveals anything about them as a person? Mm. No, we'll find, Danny, we'll find out more about you during this show. But I'm curious if uh, we'll start off with a psychological Freudian question. Well, let me tell you what I think. I think the line reading tells us where they're at emotionally. <laughs> you know what they're bringing to that line says, okay, are they comfortable? Are they casual? Are they wound up tight? You know, and it seems like you're just like, Danny, you're coming in with a ray of sunshine. You're giving us energy. You have coffee made out of coffee husks. <laughs> I mean, tell me where you're at. Tell us where you're at emotionally. I think uh, that's a pretty uh, spot on assessment. I'm feeling very good. <laughs> feeling calm. Like I said, uh, like you said, I have coffee made out of coffee here and water. <laughs> So I'm at a wow. place where yeah. I'm always trying to look for equilibrium, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. loved coming in and having that written down for me to say. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got the words right. Mm -hmm. um, and I followed the commas, just so you know. Well, you know, they sometimes say, you know, when you're getting text, you know, you just ignore it. Ignore the punctuations and make it your own. Throw oh, it away. Throw they? it away. Oh, Throw it away. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, when I saw these commas, I, I did not ignore them. I paid attention so because good. the commas after hearts and butts. Mm. So I was like, those words are important. Yes. Honestly, as a writer, I want the actors to say exactly <laughs> what I've written. I get in that. The, I write ums into what I write. Uh, there's a rhythm. There's a reason for I'm that. I'm the modern right. mammoth. That's what everyone, that's modern what everyone say. That's modern what, mammoth. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. That's what my agent's been trying to tell people. Okay, <laughs> see, and as an actor coming in on a cold read, yeah. I haven't had time to build up a character. Right, 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 right. So I assume there's there's a reason for that comma behind yeah. hearts and comma behind butts. Those two words. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, I'm a fan of both those things, too. Mm -hmm. So I wow. wanted to just make sure 
Yes. That I was doing justice to your work. Honestly, this is my inside the actor studio. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm saying teach me how to use them because I'll come in and go, open your hearts, losing your buzzes, I forgot was there. <laughs> was that that's not how take you on do it. it? You, you made know it, what I mean? You made it your own. I mean, you gotta make it you your did. own. <laughs> They make it your own. Yeah, it's still a character. So. <laughs> when I write yeah. Naomi's character, I just start with the word girl. Yes. And that's my key. That's my key mm. phrase into Use her. Use that to inform. Girl. Girl, open your heart. <laughs> and then it just kind of goes from there. What am I doing? Okay, Danny. Tell me. Now. Uh, yes. So, you know, before you got on mic, immediately I said to you, you have children, tell me more. Yeah. Because basically, so, you know, we're going to answer listeners' relationship questions, but I think it's important before we start to try to help other people that they know where we're coming from. That's Especially great. you. It's like, who? what is informing your suggestion? Yes. Your advice. That's yes. Great. Are you repressed as a person like I am? Are you open like Naomi is? Where in the spectrum between us, where do you fall? In the spectrum of our love. Yes. That would oh. be a great title for a song. In the, in the spectrum, spectrum of our love. love. Yes. I tried to jump in there. No, that was good. Okay, I didn't know if that was already a no, built-in no, harmony. No, no, that no, was no. I am, I'm a improv- improvisational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> so everything is new. Everything is novel. <laughs> everything I need is new. everything. I, I can't say the same thing twice. I get bored. So you yeah. have no idea what you're going to say right now. No. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Wow. That was I hope you guys are impressed. That's uh, huge. This is huge. I am one of UCB's finest. So. <laughs> Not that they would say uh, that. <laughs> right. um, but uh, yeah, so uh, what is your template? Are you are, are you someone, have you, uh, I'll just throw out a bunch of yeah. questions. Answer whatever yeah. you feel like it. Are you someone who is always open? Uh, have, are you someone who learned to be open? Uh, have you gone to therapy? All that kind of stuff. Ooh, okay, great. So yeah, I guess in the spectrum of our love. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I've had phases of all of the above, you know? <laughs> uh, I am married right now. I've been married for 15 years. What? Which is a surprise to lots of people wow. in Los Angeles. Yeah. I married my best friend and sweetheart in college. Oh my, you married in college? We met in college. You met, okay. And since then we were, you know, yeah. just, just uh, yeah, best buds. And also oh just God. like, I'm just continually um, inspired by her. And uh, she teaches me things every day. Oh. She taught me how to whisper. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how to whisper. I didn't even know I didn't know how to whisper <laughs> until I remember when I was talking to her one day at a movie and I was like, hey, um, okay, so I'm going to go get some popcorn. And she's like, whisper. And I'm like, I am whispering. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute. I, I, I don't know how to whisper. I never had someone teach me. So wow. I would say um, that's You're a valuable thing in, in a relationship. A Jewish household? Uh, I guess close. It was half Polish, half Indian. So it was loud. It was, loud. It was, it was loud. immigrants. It was very loud. You had to speak to get fed. Uh, so um, there was some repression for sure growing up just because it's immigrants yeah. and you're smothered in that. Um, Where'd you grow up? Like what? City? Chicago. Okay. So I grew up in mm-hmm. Chicago. Neighborhood called Brighton Park. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of immigrants. Um, lots of sibs. Where are you at with the sibs? I had, I'm in the middle child. Okay. A brother and a sister. Mm. Uh, older brother, younger sister. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was a loud house. You, you had, had to, fight to fight to get in there. You, you had, had to, to fight to get in there. Danny's here and he's Wait, got I'm something here. to say. That's right. <laughs> Your mom's Polish, right? Yes. My Where mom. in Poland is she from? So my mom was born in northeast Poland in a village called Pokoszno, mm-hmm. far northeast, near a, a larger city called Białystok. Yeah. My family's from Lutch. Okay, yeah, the film school. Yeah, it's a <laughs> le- legendary. Yeah. It's uh, watch film school is like renowned. Uh, awesome cinematographers come out of there. It's like very well known, well, well regarded. I have a cousin that just graduated from there. Oh, Who's wow. the guy who did the uh, was it Ten Commandments? Kislovsky. Yes, Decalogue. He's yeah. my favorite director. Yeah, 
He's yeah, amazing. he's great. I love he's the deck amazing. I couldn't remember yeah. the name though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. You knew the yeah. imagery. You were like, I feel it in my bones, uh, and that's what matters. Blue, white, red. The trilogy he yeah. did and Decklog, and yeah. oh, he's great. Yeah. Um, I'm always curious. Tell me everything. Yeah. I, granted, this is not really your story to tell, but I'm so curious. I'm always here for an older interracial couple. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I feel like they battled. Yeah. They were doing that shit at a time where everyone was like, "What?" Yes. And so. Yeah. How did their love begin? Yes. Um, in Chicago? In Chicago. My parents, <laughs> um, my father immigrated here from Andhra Pradesh in India, also a small village called uh, Jindur. And in the mid-70s, mm-hmm. uh, my mom came here in, I think, 76 to the United States, to Chicago. Both came to Chicago and had to learn English. So they both signed up for English as a second language classes yeah. at the Central YMCA in okay. Chicago and met each I other like there. It. I like that. Uh, it's yes. awesome. Yeah. So Did they, they connect yeah. over both coming from small villages and being mm. like, what is going on here? Probably. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. They, my family, maybe like uh, many immigrant families, you don't talk about the past, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> oh my God, does that explain don't. my parents? Oh you my just God, don't. Maybe yeah. that's it. I literally just oh, found yeah. out that my yeah. la- I thought my last name was changed on uh, Ellis Island. It's oh. Becker Meister. It's Polish, Germanic, somewhere in there. Huh, okay. And I thought it was, uh, I'm like, oh, right, what's well, Beckerman now? Uh, obviously, they, someone mm. at Ellis Island just yeah. got tired and stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, the and J, my, I can't with the J. We're just going to make it <laughs> We were on the phone uh, with my dad. He was like, no, my great uncle uh, moved to America and then changed his name so that he, and then met, he was going to bring over his wife and son oh, wow. and instead met a new woman and had a new family. So changed his name so that they couldn't find him. <laughs> <laughs> so wow! My- <laughs> so that's not your typical changing name story. Yeah, no, wow. it wasn't. It wasn't that's like cool. oh, I wanted to have cool. it Americanized or it's someone here changed it. It was. T- it was a deadbeat dad avoiding <laughs> his former family. I just found this out last week, and I'm still uh, trying to process it. Well, especially oh, because wow. the information came out because this all started with "Happy Birthday, Dad." Like it was not a call where you planned to get this information, uh-uh. and then you had said something because you were like, "Oh yeah, Ellis Island," and you're. I was like, no, that's not what happened. But then he tried to downplay it, and it was you who kept being like, you mean he was hiding from his family? And then Marty Beckerman, by the way. Marty, Marty goes, Marty's like, Marty. no, I mean, I guess. Like, he was just like, <laughs> and Andy but, was like, yeah, no, but that's what he did. They don't talk about no. that stuff. And it's uh, uh, and now, now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh, is that just a feature of immigrant families? I think so. I think it's, it's very difficult being an immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of things you have to overcome. So it makes sense that you don't necessarily want to bring them up openly all the time, <laughs> yeah. right? And I think my mom, like, I think she's been more open, and a lot of my family have been more open recently just because I'm an adult. I think mm-hmm. as a kid, you – you know, they're trying to protect you. So a lot of stories I didn't know about, you know, but like, so my parents, in terms of their courtship, I think that they connected probably in terms of just both being sort of these renegades because they were like the first to come Mm -hmm. to this country. They were very different. My mom was like, I think my mom told me recently that she wanted to be like a race car driver or a dancer. And for someone from like rural Poland in the 70s, I'm like, yeah, go mom. Yeah. And my dad, I I think he probably wanted to be like a singer or a psychologist, you know. And so there was, I think they both had this sort of renegade spirit, Mm -hmm. which I think brought them together. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah, cool. and I think it was just like a different time. So yeah, yeah they so, were drawn to each other. So like before your wife, right, yeah. college, mm-hmm. did you do a lot of dating? Were you someone like, were you like a little boy who was like, I have a crush and I'm writing in my notebook? Were you like, I don't know what to say <laughs> to someone? Who was that person? <laughs> what? Little boys sometimes have crushes and write in their notebook? They do. <laughs> don't they? they journal. Little boys journal. journal. Little something, I don't know. Did you journal as a kid? Uh, I journaled <laughs> sometimes. I did journal. I didn't, I wasn't like a... A uh, diligent journaler <laughs> who's like, oh, I missed my journal entry tonight. I gotta get, got, you know, it wasn't like that. But I did journal at times in my life, probably when I really needed it. <laughs> yes. Again, yes. because we, you don't talk, you know what I mean? So I would say that I was somebody who did not date. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, a couple girlfriends, you know, but they weren't ever serious. Uh-huh. You know, like my yeah. first girlfriend was probably like in fifth grade. Susie Wilk. Ooh. Yeah, Wilk means wolf in Polish. Um, <laughs> and is that like what you said to her? Was that like your opening? Absolutely not. I probably <laughs> didn't say anything to her. I was in fifth grade. Yep. I just probably stood next to her. <laughs> yep, yep. And then I was like, this is a relationship. We are next to each other. Um, so and my then, girlfriend, the wolf. Yeah. The wolf. <laughs> Don't look her in the um, eye. Don't and, be aggressive. Yeah, so... And then in high school, I went to actually an all boys high school, okay. which did not help in terms of male female da- dynamics in my in my relationships. So, um, <laughs> not really until college did I start to like open up more mm-hmm. and truly be vulnerable. And I was always into like dancing, and I think yeah. that allowed me to be near yeah. potential romantic partners. Yeah. And then in college, I started to be like, oh, okay, I am actually. Uh, attracted to people like my wife, for yeah. instance, maybe I should tell her, you know, wow, that I'm yeah. attracted to her. Yeah, that's the tough part. And that was, <laughs> well, I remember, and it wasn't easy. I think I remember we were, I actually had, I was up all night the night that I sort of uh, declared my interest in her. Uh, I was <laughs> writing a paper and she was going out with some friends and then she stopped by my dorm room and was like, hey, we're going out. And I was, I really want to go out, but I, I'm also Asian, so I got to finish my to. paperwork. <laughs> you have to. So, <laughs> I was, uh, I was like, I had this itch. I needed to tell her, so I said, "Okay." And we were friends at the time. We were kind of mm-hmm. friends. We had this big group of friends, and we were, and we were was friends. It flirty friends, or it was like, it was, like start, was... it was starting to kind of like get blurry. Uh-huh. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. It was starting to get a little blurry. Yeah, and yeah. I felt it, but at the same time, I did. I had no idea if she felt it, right? So, I was, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is getting a little too weird. <laughs> so I, I remember I was like, I'm gonna say something. So I said, um, before you go out tonight. I just want you to know that I like you. <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> you didn't say deal with it. I really did. <laughs> and the deal with it was probably more for me. <laughs> um, and that was it. We She didn't really respond. Okay, okay. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Fair. What was yeah. the exact line reading? Of deal with uh, it. I, and it was probably more of like, it wasn't like the yeah, commas, like- open hearts, open <laughs> hearts, loosen your butts. Time for a couple of It was probably like, uh, okay, so uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, okay, yeah, I know you gotta go. I, I gotta finish this paper. Okay, um, yeah, I like you. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, just uh, deal with it. Yeah, it was probably like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that I could connect with that. And there was no That's eye the... contact. <laughs> right. uh-huh. Zero. Right. I mean, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I was like staring at a wall in my dorm room. There was, I, you know, she could have laughed halfway through yeah. what I was saying, and yeah. I, I, you know, washed her hands, came back, and I wouldn't have noticed <laughs> at all. Yeah, that's what I was asking about the repression because, like, when Naomi and I, first, I mean, up to Naomi, I think I, had, I, unless a woman showed like obvious interest in me, I couldn't reveal my feelings. 
Yeah, I and, couldn't either. And with Naomi, I, I just remember that one. Do you remember that one time I was standing in line at UCB? Oh, you mean the head nod? <laughs> okay. Well, I, okay. The head, we have a was title this, for yeah. this story. Oh. Was this an episode of Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> this bitch over here. Okay. All right. Andy and I, like, we were friends. And I feel like at that point we were, like, G chatting because I was at my magazine job that was boring mm. and he wasn't working. So we would fucking G chat during the day. So we would talk. And so I was like, we're pals. And so then I see him later in line at UCB and I'm like, Andy! And he goes, hey, <laughs> like a fucking head nod. And I was like, what? I, okay. I, I was like, like, literally, it was a slap in the face. I was like, wow, I thought we were friends. And you are head nodding me. Someone, okay, so there's not really much of a defense except for the fact that I was repressed. <laughs> so do you remember this uh, story? Is this memory vibe yeah, with what yeah, you yeah. remember? I, oh, okay. I literally can, okay, like, I, I'm picturing where I was standing in line. Like, I can <laughs> okay. see, and I know the emotional space I was in, the tumult. Oh. The, you were in tumult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It was like all mixed up. It was like a, a garbage disposal in my heart, right? Oh, wow. And there was like oh, the poetry. Uh, <laughs> the mammoth, modern mammoth. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, someone had, like, I was. I, I think we were like like flirting. Like we had already gone out on what I thought was a date, and you did not think was a date. And then something that you may have thought was a date, and I didn't. Right. Legion. Uh, right. We, we saw, saw the movie Legion. Yes. Did you see oh. Legion with Paul Bettany, where he's like a fallen <laughs> angel? And then there's no. a, a, an older I, woman who I, like I remember the billboards. The I remember yes. the billboards because I feel like those billboards were everywhere, weren't they? Yes. It was a big one, and it was like yeah. supposed to be a scary thriller. And, and 34th Street, right? And then after we were done. So you saw, you see a movie and normally if people are into each other, then you would like go do something after. And literally we both stayed outside and I was like, I think you said I'm gonna do laundry. And then I was like Grocery I believe grocery shop. Okay, shopping. and then I said I was Great. gonna do laundry. Neutral task. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'll do laundry. Okay, bye. And was right. Like, so I believe those two things had happened. I believe those two, I I took taken you out on a what I thought was a date, which you didn't think was a date. Right. Then we did that, which you thought was a date, and right. I did not. Right. So <laughs> that was already there. And then someone at UCB told me that you, uh, they saw you at a pizza shop eating pizza with some other dude from your 401. Who else you gonna eat pizza with in improv? <laughs> some dude. Some white. You just gonna have some yeah, pizza. That's, and they yeah, said that's, they thought yes, you were. and They pizza. said they thought it was a date. Oh. And so I like I sunk inside. Oh man! Yes. Like I just like uh, the. Um, so this is all pre head nod. That's a lot. That's a journey before <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, head yeah. nod. And then <laughs> and then lot. so like I'm I can't betray any of this stuff. I'm feeling all the stuff inside. Yeah. I don't know how to express any of it. Hmm. And so uh, you came up to me in line, and that's why that head nod was just that because I couldn't just say, uh, "Hey, I like you. We should go out on a date for real." Mm-hmm. Get rid of this redheaded loser <laughs> and go eat pizza with me. I couldn't say any of that stuff. Also, that would have been a terrible way to say it. But. <laughs> no, it would have been because it would have been so funny for me to say, we just happened to be at the pizza place at the same time and there was no choice but to sit with each other. So, yes, so yeah. all that is said, like, like, I get where you're coming from. The fact that you were able to say that. I, I was also the same way uh, in, in college, especially, where, like, I couldn't. I, the one time I did declare my love for someone that did not share the same <laughs> thing, it was like that. Like, shuffling, like, staring down a lot. Uh, oh. play, I think we were at a restaurant playing with a fork a lot. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Not good. Ooh, ooh. Uh, not yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you bounce back. Mm. He's back. He yeah. got there. So okay. Yeah. So this is all that is saying. Like, mm. did dance in any way open you up emotionally? I know that's a weird question, maybe to come out of that. But it's what I've been thinking since you talked about dance. Absolutely. 
Yes. I think that the nature of dance is you're very vulnerable. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, I think dancers, singers, I mean, artists, you know, watercolorists. <laughs> it is, it's, you know, non-toxic. It's... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, truly, I think when you're dancing, I think there is a you can't really hide. You can't really hide from yeah. who you are. Yeah, you know, and so, like so, if a song comes on or whatever it is, it's truly it's your essence. You know, when you're dancing. So, and as a kid, my my grandparents, my mom made me dance, and I hated it. Oh. Um, because of that. And so I was constantly dancing in couples and dancing with girls and and I really wanted to, but I would didn't want to. I was so nervous all the time. Uh and but then as I grew older, I like loved it because I thought it was just such it was the truest expression of me, you know. So it definitely made me vulnerable. And then later I learned actually I was at a dance with my wife in college when we were dating. And she said one of the things that she was drawn to was how I danced. And I was like, I never knew that. She never told me that while we were dating. Mm-hmm. But I thought, oh, that's so interesting. So um, I think not being able to hide when you're dancing mm-hmm. is is like, uh, it's a wonderful thing, too. It's very scary, but uh, it definitely opened me up for sure. Yeah. yeah. Get you out of your head. Yeah. Right? Like, it's kind of like. I never do. I never. Right, I'm, I, 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 I've tried. There's no way I can get out of my head. I, no uh, I thought alcohol would do it. No, I, that never helps. It's always my brain is always just like uh, still there, still uh, telling me things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's no, there's nothing. I just have to like uh, start to get used to myself, which is difficult. Ooh, that's hard. I think there's a lot. I have a lot of ways to help me get out of my head because I have a tendency to do that. I'll get in my head too. Movement always helps me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really helps me. Just eat, going for a walk, going for a run, dancing, like all, any kind of movement. Always helps. Uh, what else? Alcohol sometimes, but not really. That's a hard one because yeah. as soon as the alcohol wears off, you're just like it's almost even you're even more clearly yourself. All of a sudden, yes. you're just like <laughs> yes. you're just like whoa, whoa, this is who I really am. Oh, God. It's, it's, you know, as soon as the buzz is gone, you're like whoa. <laughs> um, so I would say that doesn't really help, but movement <laughs> definitely helps me. Talking to friends, like doing this, like anytime I'm talking and I'm yeah. bouncing off people, yeah, super yeah. helpful. Yeah. It's really just when you're alone when it's like for me damaging. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. I think I am the best on stage, Naomi, when I am moving about and not just standing there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I did that. Like I had a show because I haven't been getting up as much here, and I noticed like I had my show like when I did that show last Friday and it was my first set in like ten days, and I was just like, what? And I literally got on stage and I just did like a deep lunge, and I was like. I have to take the action, and then I will think my way into the right into the right behavior. Like I what said that to the audience, and like literally, and then I, I kind of like did like a deep lunge at a V, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm here. What are we doing?" Like yeah. it was so true. It was that feeling of every fiber of my being was like, "This doesn't feel good. I don't want to do it." And so I have to like do something like ridiculous and kind of jolt mm. in front of all these people. Yeah. Because if we're going to do that, I'm like, okay, now I can talk to you. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like it's yeah. so true. Like movement, but of course I don't engage in physical activity. <laughs> and I really should. Like, exercise. I should do that, I think. Well, that's not... I mean, exercise is not my truest self. I just meant, like, that... Like, when I can move freely on stage... Yeah. That, yeah. like, suddenly puts me in a certain... Like, this is who you are. And then I can speak freely. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah. You yeah. get comfortable in your body. I yeah. think that's, yeah. like... I remember, like, in acting class, you would just, like... Uh, we did this thing, too. I remember I had an acting instructor where um, we did viewpoints. Have you heard of mm-hmm. viewpoints? Uh, I just awesome. I love it inside the actor studio. Give yeah, me more. Give thank me more. you, um, Alexandra Billings, incredible actor, teacher. I did a play that she directed called 
Vampire Lesbians of Sodom in Chicago. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I was in a loincloth for two hours. <laughs> Oh God! It was great. Uh, so that was great. The, still to this day the only show I ever told my mom she can't see. Really? Uh, and but we did we did these exercises. I remember during the rehearsal process called viewpoints, where you just walk around the space and then you just sort of explore the space in your body and react to each other in the space. And it's this character building exercise, but it's a lot of it is like really just getting used to your body in space around other people. Mm-hmm. And I think for repressed people, for myself, <laughs> sometimes you yeah. just really don't know how to stand around yes! people. Sometimes yes! you don't know what to do with your hands. Yes. Sometimes you don't know if you should or shouldn't look at someone. All of those things. And so those exercises like were very valuable to me coming out of an all-boys high school, <laughs> uh, not knowing how to interact with really anyone. <laughs> I truly learned in, in, when I got to college. I had a great time, but it was a relearning process. Um, and so, yeah, walking in space and getting into your body, I think for me, is always super valuable. There's like an improv exercise where you walk around the room. Everyone walks around the room, and you just, when you meet up with someone, you do a short scene. Oh. And then when you hit the first beat or whatever, you just break off and you meet someone else and you start a new scene or you start a new character or something like that. That's cool. And That's, I'm like, yeah. I never thought about the walk, like how, I thought that was just a way of getting people to match up with different people. Mm-hmm. But now that you're saying, I'm like, oh, I think the walking is part of it. I think the like movement is part of it in yeah. a way. We live in this like, in the Western world, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, okay. I'm into no, this. No, but, uh, but like <laughs> the enlight- the Enlightenment, I think, infected us in such a bad way that we like rationality took over everything, and so everything was rational and the kind of Cartesian mind body split. Andy was a philosophy PhD. Continue. Oh, I love it. I just um, like to give a little backstory. No, no, but Cartesian. That I think that idea is like really like I don't think we are splits. I don't think our mind and bodies are different, and I think we. Like, at least in the Western world, you grow up in this idea that they are something different. And so when you start to, like, kind of think, no, I'm a singular being and, like, all the stuff is connected. The movement of my body is connected to the way I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I think that that, my friends, is true maturity. Wow. I want to like, I want to ring a bell or something. Is there a sound effect for that? Or like, but like a light chime. I don't need anything very big. <laughs> okay, we're uh, taking a break, okay, because we've reached true maturity, and now we gotta come back and be true stupidity. We'll be right back with Danny Booty. Hey guys, it's Bobby Bones. I host the Bobby Bones Show, and I'm pretty much always sleepy because I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. A couple hours later, I get all my friends together, and we get into a room, and we do a radio show. We share our lives, we tell our stories, we try to find as much good in the world as we possibly can, and we look through the news of the day that you'll care about. Also, your favorite country artists are always stopping by to hang out and share their lives and music too. So wake up with a bunch of my friends on Big 104.7 in Pittsburgh, or wherever the road takes you on the iHeartRadio app. We're back, okay? Danny is here. Now we know where Danny's at, okay, you guys? 15 years in a relationship. Getting in his body to get out of his head. Children. Wait, how old are your children? I have twin eight-year-olds. Twin eight-year-olds? I've recently been told I've been saying it so it sounds like 28-year-olds. <laughs> so let me say that again. Twin eight-year-old children. Whoa. Yes. So they're like people. They got attitudes. They be saying stuff. Oh, they have points of views? <laughs> Uh, yeah, when did they develop yeah. personalities? Oh, right away. 
I, yeah, I, I like literally, made... yeah, as their cries coming out of my wife's body were so distinct. And oh. to this day, I even think about their cries and how they reacted in the delivery room as very indicative of their personalities. I think that they were very distinct. Wow. It's, I guess, a surprise, but people are unique people. <laughs> <laughs> Every person has a um, very unique, I don't know, ringtone, essence, all that. So. <laughs> I could, uh, I, I just remember their cries being very, very them, still to this day, you know? Yeah. That's so funny. Some of us are crazy frog. Some of us are ringtones. Sorry. Oh, crazy oh, yeah. frog. Okay, okay, crazy frog, crazy frog. I'm just yeah. bouncing off yeah. of I know, I love, no, it's good. You have someone you can be whimsical with. Because <laughs> me, so weary, you know? Hey. That's our, is that our essence, whimsy and weary? Yes, I think so. I always call you manic pixie dream boy. Yeah. Aw. And I'm like Rosa Parks. I'm just tired. <laughs> And so that's the energy, and I love it though. You mm -hmm. keep me young. You keep me young. No, oh. that's, that's surprising. Because <laughs> I feel old as Methuselah. Um, we had we ask uh, our audience for questions. Mm -hmm. They DM us. They email us. They Sweet. call in and leave voicemails. And so we have a couple here, and uh, not only will we get advice for them, but we'll use them a little bit to. Learn more about you, Danny. Awesome. <laughs> Auga. Um, <laughs> this DM comes to us uh, anonymously from Instagram. Ooh, anonymous. Uh, and I love the way they've written, so I'm going to read it uh, <laughs> in that way. Um, My question is that I hate my best friend's fiance because he's a trash human and doesn't have his shit together despite mooching off of her for five years oh my God. and being 41 years old. They live in her mom's house because he can't hold down a real job. Meanwhile, she's out here on these streets hustling at three jobs. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the maid of honor at their wedding in June. Do I stage an intervention and risk our 20-year best friendship? Do I STF you and hold my peace forever? Help! Woo! Oof. Oof. Uh, that's Oof. a lot. It's, it's it's like the drag was so severe. It was uh, like this I know. Was like, and this is off. what's wrong with him, and this um, is what's wrong with him. Was there an um before that started yes. off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, um, okay. Oh my God. Many M's. Well, I, I would say shout out to her friend who's holding down three jobs and hustling. No. Because that is, um, that's, that's, you know, she's doing a lot. And so I feel for her, whoever that is. Um, <laughs> Staging an intervention at a wedding, I don't know <laughs> if it's a great idea. Yeah, like the dramatic, like, uh, yeah. uh, speak now, forever, hold your peace, and yeah. then they stand up. and yeah. Yeah, no, The maid of honor, no less, stands right. up. The maid of honor just steps in front of them and is like, no! Uh, that's, uh, no. timing is, I think, important with any kind of intervention. Yes, yes, think, yes, yes. Right? Yes, well, this the time. Did you miss your window? I think, I think to you say missed something. your window. But then you have a question, though, because, yeah. like, you're an actor, like, yeah. and y'all have been together a long time, obviously, and just being in, like, didn't you ever go through, like, your unemployed phase? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely, like, Naomi oh, yeah. and I, <laughs> Naomi gets more work than I do, and I try to make up for it by keeping track of the house and walking the dog more. And <laughs> you do, do it. Like, uh, you know. See, but you're aware of that. I yeah. think that yeah. there's an awareness there, you know, and I think that there needs to be an awareness there. And I think when I first moved here, you know, I was, I mean, we had, we had no money. My yeah. wife and I did not have any kind of fallback plan. Um... But I did have a full-time job that I moved okay. here with. I was an actuarial recruiter because I was so scared of coming out here with nothing. Right. Um, immigrant Im child. Immigrant yeah, child. So yeah, I was working full-time for this company in Chicago over the phone. Recruiting and actuaries. Recruiting actuaries. Okay. Yeah. And so I was working in this at this company and in, in sort of as a consultant and doing a lot of phone work. But it would allow me to have the flexibility to audition. Mm -hmm. 
But I also knew, like, I had no one in my family who had ever taken this path. Uh (laughs) And so in the back of my mind, I was like, I can't just go out there on a whim Uh and (laughs) with a dream, you Mm -hmm. know, and and try to make it. That didn't make sense coming from an immigrant perspective, knowing my family, everyone sacrificed everything to get here. (laughs) And meanwhile, I'm going out there to dance and find (laughs) viewpoints, workshops. So I had a a full-time job. And my wife, I remember her when we were talking about moving to California, that was a big discussion. Like, Mm -hmm. how are we going to do this? Like, what are you going to do? And she's master's in education. She comes from a very stable background, two-parent. I come from a single-parent household, not stable. (laughs) So she was always offering that perspective of like, how I understand you want to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to try this out, but we need to kind of set these these structures in place just mm-hmm. to make sure that we're we're cool, you know, if it's going to take a year or mm-hmm. two years or three years. And it took like three to four years, you know? <laughs> and so I was auditioning, hoping to land commercials. Yeah. Yeah, I did some commercials. I did a T-Mobile commercial. Did a commercial for Snickers, which was mm, really fun. Um, yes. You know, things like that to be and to give me sort of some confidence and be like, okay, I think this yeah. is possible. But at the same time, I held down a full time job the whole time because mm-hmm. I was a paranoid immigrant son. Yeah. You know, did you stop yeah. working? Was it when you got community, or you mean like stop yes. working a day job? Yeah. So did right until then. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Technically, I've never quit. So <laughs> you can I, always go back. I can. Yeah. But it was that job was really great for me mentally too, just to know mm. like. I could separate after, you know, doing poorly on some audition. I can always come back and be like, I'm going to call some actuaries and, you know, talk about <laughs> loss reserves. It was, that was loss really. Loss reserves. Uh, what are loss reserves? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of types of actuaries, but one of the types of actuaries are like uh, property and casualty actuaries. They work on insuring like, I don't know, like jet skis, uh-huh. you know, or, or, or speedboats, you know. But every company also has to have a certain money, uh, amount of money set aside in case there's a huge catastrophic event. Mm-hmm. So there's a hurricane and all the jet skis are destroyed, you know. <laughs> these companies have to have money set aside just in case all these claims come up to be able to pay for that. So uh, actuaries work on mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. Like right. setting aside, making sure there's enough money set aside, uh, projecting what it might be like if there's a hurricane, projecting like what that would look like okay. on these books. And then there's other insurance companies called reinsurers that also insure the insurance it. companies. You're and, still doing the oh, job. You don't uh, you're still telling do- me about reinsurers. Uh, <laughs> I read all about the financial crisis Ooh, in 2008. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a crisis of reinsurance uh, yes. more than anything else. True. Yes. Let's get into it, guys. <laughs> but in Credit truth, default I, swaps. Oh, look at that. There we go. I will say, in truth, though, I have no idea what actuaries do. That's part of the reason why I was recruiting actuaries, because I was able to sort of tell the story of what they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really enjoyed speaking with them. It was part of my sort of nerd brain being able to, like, kind of geek out about these, like, cool facets of our – uh, of the banking industry or insurance industry that I just didn't know about. So I enjoy that, but they're brilliant, and um, I don't know what they do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious about what actuaries are doing now with climate change, everyone. Oh, I Am did I read right? an article about that. <laughs> Wait, oh, did you? you did? Oh. I did, well, because it was, I was, it was specifically, though, about the housing market in Florida. Uh-huh. And with climate uh, change, yeah. you know, them people kind of almost not wanting to insure people knowing that in 10 to 20 years yeah. they're going to have to pay out these huge amounts and sort of how some people are trying to now and like no one really wants to buy there or if they're buying it's like only people who can 
spend so many millions on a home and then pay, you know, yeah. ridiculous amounts for their uh, insurance to insure the house too. That shit is so crazy because, you know, the the line from large companies is that climate change isn't real. And then when they actually have to go do something, yeah. they're like, oh no, no, it's real. We're, just, <laughs> we're, we're telling you something different, but like, we're not gonna pay out. Yeah. Yeah. No. You have yeah. to explain things in terms of money. I yeah. that. So yeah. it sounds like we're all a lot more self-aware than this person's fiance. But I also um, think there's nothing that this there's nothing anonymous can do about it. Yeah, I think it's like way too late in the process. And to me, I always kind of advocate, and it's tricky because I see you know like if your friend is hurting or you're seeing them doing something you really don't like, it's so tempting to either say get it mm-hmm. together or to be like I can't even be around you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I can't watch this. Yeah. But I think if anything, the real work is in staying around that person. Yes. So that when they when and if they decide to leave, they know they have a safety net. Oh, that's that's wonderful advice. I would say the same thing. It's staying around. I think you're a great friend, obviously. Who cares? And I think that's that's the thing. Sometimes people gotta go through these journeys on their on, yeah. by themselves, which is the hard part, mm-hmm. you know. But you have to know you have people around because I feel yeah. like that's a big thing too. Is like because what can happen, especially like you're in a shitty relationship. Because I know a lot of women who have dealt with this. Like you're in a bad relationship. And then kind of part of that, sometimes that relationship can be isolating. Either mm-hmm. the person literally isolates you or because the person sucks, your friends don't want to be around you. Yeah. And then you start to be like, well, I think I should get out of this. But then you're like, well, who else do I have? And that's the danger. Like yeah. that's what will keep you with somebody because you're like, well, all my friends are gone. So I guess this is love, you know? Uh, and so you have to like stay around. Would you say something? Would you say something at this before the wedding? What do you think? You, I would, If I saw an opening. If the friend was complaining yeah. or expressing concerns, but I wouldn't bring it up without that. Yeah, I need to know. Have you guys ever? Have you guys ever had a friend who had a trash significant other <laughs> that, and you said something to them? I didn't. I no. definitely had a friend though who um, was in a relationship that I was not on board with, mm-hmm. and I think that it, it was tough. It was a really tough, yeah. it's a tough situation to be in, you know, but. They I, broke up though. They broke up. They, they did eventually. I, yeah, 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 they broke, and we're great friends still. You know, so that was one of those situations too. Where and I and the problem is too, I wasn't living in the same city with this friend anymore. Mm-hmm. We had just recently moved, and so in my head, I was always like, "Well, I hope there's a, some redeeming qualities mm-hmm. to his partner that uh, perhaps I'm not seeing." Um, I mean, he was head over heels, yeah. you know, for this person. So yeah. uh, it was. It was tough, you know, but I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't say anything. I just, I asked questions to make sure it wasn't like an abusive relationship, <laughs> yeah. huh. you know, and just make like, just kind of felt that out. And then when I was just more of like, I just don't like this person yeah. for this. And I don't feel like they're bringing out the best qualities of my friend. Then I was like, I don't, I think there's, and you know, he never said anything to me to open up about that. Yeah. So it's probably that I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I've had a friend where I felt like he always had very like controlling boyfriends. And I was kind of like, but then I had to kind of stop. Like, again, if I got the opening, but I remember kind of feeling like, you know, I had to hit a wall where I just realized, I was like, you know what? Maybe he likes, like, what I see as controlling, maybe he sees as, like, things being taken care of, and I like that, right? So it was also like, I was like, well, okay, if that's what you like. He seemed real bossy to me. (laughs) 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 All right. This this comes to us uh, from Instagram. This is Kimberly. My question is, how do I put up boundaries with a boss who wants to be super involved in my life? I would call a voicemail, but I live in Canada. (laughs) Love you guys and look forward to every episode. That's very nice. Thank you, Kimberly. Kimberly. Thank you for the question. A boss Uh, wants to be involved in her life. She's in Canada, too. I thought I was like, I was going to be like in America. That seems 
Uh, you know, the, like the boss for like, I want to be yeah. your friend. I'm exploiting you. <laughs> uh, but, hey, are you uh, available? Yeah. <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> but uh, Canada uh, is supposed to be friendlier, right? <laughs> it's respecting more, their workers. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Like respecting a bot. How do you? How do you draw a boundary with a hmm. boss who wants to be a friend? That's. I guess it depends on what the asks are. I think. Right. In some, exactly. In we need like more info. I also yeah. need to know the type of job. Because I do think this kind of thing happens a lot in creative fields, mm -hmm. where especially like no one really wants to acknowledge being the boss because it's like we're all creative, it's cool, totally. and then it's like no, you are in charge. Yeah, and it's <laughs> also this isn't a nine to five; it's an always job. <laughs> <Exactly>. You know, <laughs> we're always available and working. You know, you don't know when the creative sparks are going to come, right? <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So that could, so like if it is one of those, that can be so extra tricky. But to me, right? Like, would you like? It would be hard, but you would have to almost start with like not telling that person much. For instance, when you go into work on Monday, it's like, how was your weekend? Good. Yeah. Fucking full stop. Yeah. Oh. Like, no so more. You're, at, you're advocating yeah. a like Let's, a verbal kind of uh, uh, firewall. Yes. Yeah. I think that is something that I have struggled with at times. <laughs> My wife is excellent at that. She's good with boundaries. Oh, she's Whispering great with boundaries. boundaries. She's also like great at like she'll see me having a conversation and it'll kind of it'll drag on a little yeah. too long. And then she'll just be like, that's enough. And then she'll like just drag me out of that. Yeah. And she's right. Yeah. That is enough. Sometimes we don't need to reveal all our colors. We can um, we can just reveal a, you know, a few things and also just be like, am I getting my job done? Am mm -hmm. I feeling that this is um, – am I doing putting more effort than is necessary? And anyway, I guess do I feel icky about this? I yeah. guess that's a, a big thing too. Um, yeah. I mean it's more difficult for – I was gonna say you guys, but all of us in a creative field. Like it's mm -hmm. one thing in, I was trying, trying to think back to an office. I've never had a boss that wanted to be my friend. I had a boss that wanted to be my mentor. Hmm. And I remember I was, I like hid all the comedy stuff from her. Yeah. Well, I thought I did. Cause I like <laughs> put down, I go by Andy Beckerman. This is what, okay, hold on here. Yes, this yes, was, yes, yes, explain. This is what I thought, I thought explain. this was such a genius stroke. On my, <laughs> okay. I was an admin at NYU and I thought, I was like, well, I put my name as Andrew Beckerman and I didn't, and you know when it said, uh, do you have a nickname? I didn't put Andy down. Mm -hmm. And then like, with all my comedy stuff, I was Andy Beckerman. And I thought, if they do a search for me, when they do the uh, the background check, they won't find any of that stuff. They found it instantly. There was no, at the first meeting when she introduced me, she's like, and he's a stand-up, which I'm not. But she, I mean, like, she didn't know the difference. She's yeah, like, yeah. so we should go see him perform sometime. Oh, no. I was like, nah. I got red face. I was like, oh, oh no. But she wanted me to, she wanted me to um, become, this was in the development department, of NYU, which is their fundraising. Mm. And she wanted me to eventually become, she was trying to groom me to become a, a development officer. Oh, and no. I remember she brought me in uh, to her office once, it's like maybe six months in, and she's like, you know, I had a friend who, uh, he worked at a bank, and you know what, on the weekends, he did uh, community theater. So it's possible to do both. <laughs> Can you die? Can you die for this person? <laughs> You're getting a head nod for that story. And I, right I, I like smiled. I was just like, you know, I was polite. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but uh, uh, she was like, have you tried not having drinks? <laughs> That's like what this seems like. <sighs> yeah. So like that was the, and then I had to, and I had to be very, uh, I, I had to be very quiet about what I was doing. I, I was very, yeah. I was very much living two lives in quotes <laughs> if uh, the 
if you were are not sitting in this um, studio to see me put air quotes up. <laughs> Just imagine it, though. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> um, but I really was like, I was like, I, I didn't invite anyone to any like improv shows. I mean, who was going to mm-hmm. show up anyway? But really, you know, I had to, I had to put up that kind of firewall, mm-hmm. that professional firewall between right. those two parts of my life. So I, maybe that's a larger metaphor for what someone can do if you know with their like not just say uh like not just one word answers but right. just like completely yeah. no information right make your facebook private make your yes yeah. you gotta make it all private because everyone's still using facebook <laughs> <laughs> i think uh one thing for me is uh being comfortable not revealing everything mm. i think that that was something that i've had to learn over time i just feel like i walk around i'm like making eye contact with everyone <laughs> Um, you know, I feel um, this sort like, of. Here's the last four of my social. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's. Here, I've I've done that before, where people come to my door, and they, <laughs> somebody asked me for I, I don't know they were selling something. It wasn't Girl Scout cookies, but it was something. Yeah. And they were like, "Hey, can we get your credit card info?" And I was like, "Sure." And I remember this, and I gave them my credit card info, and they walked away. And then my wife yelled, "What did you just do?" <laughs> and then I said, "I just." Uh, oh. They, they were, and she's like, "Did they give you anything?" I'm like, "No." And she's like, "What? Go, go." <laughs> Get that back. And so I went back. Yeah. I had to go back and yeah. tell her, I'm sorry, I can't uh, help support this whatever it was. Yeah. And I like just stood there sheepishly at being like, like give me the paper. Give me the paper. Yeah. I had to take the paper back. Yeah. I ripped it up to make sure she didn't have my credit card information. Yeah. And then I walked back to my wife and then she just shrugged at me. <laughs> I lost in all ways there. But then I realized later, I was like, what was I doing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What was I, why was I, and just because the person I connected with, they told yeah. a good story, but that I've, I've learned over time that I don't need to sort of, you know, yeah. have to be available all the time. Have Are to you be, yeah. Susceptible to scams um, in general. I would say probably more than, um, <laughs> I, I'm scared to say this over the air. <laughs> <laughs> you can know? be scammed. But I can't. But uh, <laughs> booty will be scammed. No, I'm, um, no. in some ways, I'm. I don't know. I. Th- I'm skeptical in some ways. Uh-huh. I'm skeptical in some ways, but I'm also willing to to listen to people's stories. You know, mm-hmm. and so you know, p- if people hand me things like when people walk down the street and hand out flyers, I have my instinct is to take the flyer mm-hmm. and you know instead of being like I don't need to take that whatever that thing. Did you is. ever live in New York? I lived there for like three months when I did a play once. I think a full year in New York would help you. I would love ah, it. But I lived in fl- Chicago. I mean. Well, I know. But yeah. then I know because I'm like, that would be similar yeah. too. Because like for me, I think it was like growing up in New York. And I kind of taught you to be a little yeah. bit tougher, harder or like more skeptical. More obviously. I was, I've always been skeptical of people and not trusting. But more, but I've been polite. You've taught me I don't have to be polite to yeah. someone who's obviously scamming me. I think yeah. I'm probably in that camp a little yeah. bit more. I'm always a little skeptical. It's yeah. hard for me to to, get, to really truly trust people. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, I am. I have this this idea of the perfect social interaction, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, uh-huh. and it's like making sure I respect authority and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is built in this. I think yeah. probably my upbringing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had this thing recently too, um, on Vermont or something in Los Feliz and. This girl like stopped me. It was like they were like young and hip and you know hipster cool. And she's like, "And with the heifer project, like we give a the cow the heifer project where they oh, like give so a, cow a cow okay. to you know a given I think family. I think it was in India or something like that. No, it couldn't have been India, but it was somewhere where it was like we do this. And then she's like, "Give me your credit card and like you know what? we'll donate a cow or something." And I literally was talking to her, girl. 
I really support everything that's happening here, but I cannot give you my credit card. I was like, do you want to give me like yeah. an email? Can I donate online? Yeah. And she was like, no. Uh. I go, uh-uh. And like, because uh. like, I literally was just like, because at first I said, I go, well, actually, first when she came up to me, I go, I don't. I ain't giving you nothing. Do you still want to talk? <laughs> I was like, I have topics. Right. I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued. Yeah, you will yeah. get nothing from me. How do you feel? <laughs> and then she goes, Okay, I'll tell you. And then because I think for her too, because she said she goes, you know what? Thanks for listening to me. It's like better than being blown off because she was like standing there a while. So it's like we had like a nice little chit chat, and I nice. took a picture. Because I said, I was like, there must be another way to donate than just like a person. So I like take, because I said, give me, because she had like a pamphlet. And I go, do you have other copies? And she's like, no. Like, I'm just, the whole thing where I was like, there should be a way for me to give money yes. instead of giving some random, you know, some people steal just for the rush. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I give you my credit card. You go on goddamn urbanoutfitters.com. Start buying yourself out. <laughs> do you remember those two dirty, uh, oh. like, teens, I guess, that came to our door? Oh, you were there, and I was literally in the back with my fucking finger over the nine, ready to fucking <laughs> really? dial. Because they These wouldn't two, They you. were, like, 18, 19, 20. They were older, but but they came to our door. They were obviously dirty, and they were, like, <laughs> trying to get money for something. They gave me, like, a pamphlet that was obviously, like, they had one pamphlet. And it was just like crinkle, you know, like yeah. it had been, they'd been yeah. giving it to everyone. And I go, and I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't give out, I don't remember what it was for a charity, again in quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I said, I'll just look it up online. I'll donate there. They're like, well, we have to get a certain amount every day. Yeah. And I go, it was like uh, stress. I go, oh, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. you. You were like, I don't have cash. And then he was like, we can take your credit card. And you were like, no. Oh. But they like wouldn't, like they were at the door for a good 15 minutes. Yeah. Wow. And I remember, and we're on the first floor. So, and I watch a lot of true crime shows. So oh. immediately I'm thinking home invasion because oh, they're man. not leaving. Yes. And it's like, you're right there. Like if you mm. open our door, you're just like in the living room. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is happening. So I'm like in the back and I was all like, okay, if this escalates, I'm just like, yeah, cracking windows. (laughs) You're looking for any kind of weapon nearby. But I would tell you to see something though. I don't answer my door if I'm not expecting somebody. Oh yeah. Well that we don't do that that anymore. And that was a big thing too. Um, it's like bad. It feels like harsh, but I'm like, nah. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to. I'm like, leave a note. Yeah. Leave a goddamn (laughs) note. So wait, what is our advice? Kimberly. Yeah, what was, that, what was the question? <laughs> Boundaries? Exactly. Don't answer the door? Kimberly, draw a boundary. Don't answer the door when your boss comes knocking. Yeah. You're there to do your job. You can maybe do one after work drink a month. If this person, perhaps they're lonely. But this is not your job. Because it's true. Sometimes bosses will then, like, when they know your personal shit, then they'll be like, well, I know you free. Come work on Saturday. Come mm-hmm. stay late. You ain't got nobody. And they'll, like, use it against you. So I say, boundaries, Kimberly. Canadian boundaries. <laughs> uh, why don't we uh, take a break, and we'll be right back, and we'll do one more. Hi, I'm Tom Colicchio. I'm a chef, a restaurateur, food advocate, and the host of the new podcast called Citizen Chef on iHeartRadio. People might turn on the news and see the stories about the pandemic, immigration policy, or healthcare. I see stories about food. On this podcast, we'll tour the current political climate, looking for inroads to food wherever we could find them. From the supply chain, and we hear that Tyson might be closing another plant Monday in Tennessee for to labor. Here's an executive order on immigration. We want Americans to have the jobs. We want Americans to have the health care. We want to take care of our citizens first. And disaster relief. Our systems cannot handle true disaster, this pandemic. That is the reality. These are the stories of our food. Episode one of Citizen Chef is available now 
Subscribe and listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, we got one more. Why don't we do a voicemail? Yeah. Now? Ooh, sweet. Yeah. We'll, hear, we'll hear this lovely voice. Hi, my name is Zoni. I, watch, I listen to your show all the time. So I just recently got out of a relationship. It was like a long-distance relationship because he moved for school, and I also moved, so we decided to break up. Anywho, it's been really hard trying to, I guess, like, find someone else. I'm assuming it's because I'm not the one that wanted to break up, so I'm kind of like, well, why should I go out here and find someone else to date? But then again, like, there's a part of me that doesn't want to find anyone because I want to be with him, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to get back together. So is there any advice that you could give me to help me move on, to focus on myself? Because right now all I do is work full time and I'm saving money for college. I know I'm young, 19. So I'm like, well, girl, just do your thing. Just go to school. Focus on yourself. But I'm also the type of person that, like, I'm ready for, like, while I'm wanting a serious relationship, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to do stuff like that. I've never really, I'm not, I'm like a family person. So the fact, thinking about me not being able to have someone by my side or being able to call him mine anymore is what's like bothering me. So what could I do for myself? to better the situation should I stop talking to him because we still talk every other day to check on each other I don't know I just need help <laughs> thank you love you guys oh my okay. god oh. I have so oh. many thoughts oh. okay okay, okay. that's heartbreaking I, I, can, I, can, I can hear the pain I can hear like her just struggling wow. well thank you for that message and opening up about all that oh my wow. god girl <sighs> Did you guys, did you ever, because you got together in college and stuff, did you guys ever break up or was it always straight through? It was always straight through. We uh-huh. had some we had some trouble patches, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and my wife is from small town in Iowa. I'm from Chicago. And so there was always this discussion of like any break, we'd always, you know, be apart, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, where are we going to live after and that sort of thing, you know. We were on the same page um, for most of it, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah, I think distance is always real hard. That's always been really hard for me. Uh, I'm way better face to face. Just not a great communicator um, through phone. Or, yeah. I, oh, we're not. terrible on the phone. Yeah. Just, it's just, so it's, I'm not great. So I feel that for sure. I, I just never been good in that format where I love being in a room with the same person. That's just mm-hmm. that's just you know um, the best way for a relationship to work for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had some trouble when we was like in the beginning, just like yeah. talking on the phone and that kind of thing yeah. where it was just like, I don't know how to make this relationship work during the week or other yeah. times when you're like, how do I keep this person up to date with my life, yeah. but also check in with them. Yeah. Keep them that's, interested. Like yeah, that engaging is. Engaging them in that way. That's like, that was hard, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I have an answer for no, that. Yeah, I think no, it's I'm just, just curious because I mean, yeah. I understand like when you... And it's so tricky because this is the thing. I'm going to say it, but I know this is not the answer, that you are young and this too shall pass. Yes. But I know that when you're in that feeling, like I totally, I was such a girl who was like thirsty for a man. Like mm. I always like wanted a boyfriend and wanted a relationship and it was like, yeah. And then I remember, like I know what that feeling was and I know that feeling of 
what if it never happens again? Yeah. Even though it's like, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, but I know that feeling. So it's not to negate that feeling, but it is to say, you know, I think that, and Kurt, I don't know if y'all feel this way, like as guys, if you ever had this, like, it really is when you're not looking and when you're doing you that the person who you're supposed to be with comes along anyway. Because, mm. like, you and I were friends for a good six months. And, in fact, I was, like, I remember because I had just come back from living in Australia and I was very, like, I'm going to do me. And this is me focusing on my <laughs> art. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was so not having it. And then you were, like, hello, I like you. And I was, like, oh, I guess. You know, <laughs> and, 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 like, it was, like, but that was, like. I uh, mean, maybe. I mean, I think it's just good advice in general. Right. To do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think, and whether yeah. someone comes along or not, yeah, because you have to. I think the very basis. I think why why that happens in those cases is because you are self sufficient and you're giving off waves of self sufficiency, mm-hmm. and that's attractive in general. I think your whatever whatever that existential state does to your pheromones <laughs> yeah. makes them it makes them more stinky i don't know <laughs> yeah. what's those little wins right yeah. anything yeah. you do to get those little wins it like it creates confidence yeah. you know your and body moves in a different way it does Ooh, movement yes movement anything you could do to build confidence get those little wins and also just see uh, other aspects of yourself you know i mm-hmm. think that finding other interests you know whether that's you know uh, starting a new class or reading and finding family, I think it sounds like she really was interested in family, yeah. creating that family. I've always been so into family. I grew up smothered in family, <laughs> so that smothered um, family. And it's interesting. Soon, as soon as I, um, you know, met my wife, and and I, I. I I, that's the idea. I, I wanted that whole world. I mm-hmm. wanted to be smothered in family again. Yeah. I wanted to get away from it forever, and then I wanted to return <laughs> to the smothering. And you're like, we gotta have two kids yeah. immediately. It's, yeah. And, well, that's that. I mean, that to me, becoming who you are, like excavate. Okay, you are who you are. Like, like your twins. Mm-hmm. You're two eight year old. <laughs> Thank you. Twins. Very clearly said. Uh, uh, they ha- they were something when they first emerged into the world. And then whatever that thing is, uh, it gets dumped on by existence. Yeah. And then eventually you start excavating yourself mm-hmm. from that. And then usually whatever you're – when you finally get comfortable with whatever that original self was yeah. is usually this return. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. a return – you're returning to that self. Like a dumb version is that um, you know, the kind of music that my parents liked – that I like rebelled against once I just allowed it back into my life, whatever, Billy Joel or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's a yeah. dumb it's a dumb example, but once I stopped yeah. resisting, like I guess I kinda like Billy Joel. And it's okay. I guess I kinda yeah. Yeah, it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. To like okay. moving out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a dumb uh, it's the same thing with you and, and your family. Like you yeah. you like Rod you Stewart went away from me. Rod yeah. Stewart. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I kinda like Rod Stewart. Yeah. I don't really. I don't mm-hmm. put it on the MP3 player. Yes, put it on the MP3 player. <laughs> uh, but I don't. Re- I don't like violently change the channel. Like if it comes on. But like, yeah. but like with family, like you went away from it, and then you're like, yep. no, that actually is kind of who I am as a person. Yeah. And you returned to it. The yeah. Return. The eternal return. The return. Mm-hmm. Cocoon. I, the return. I also think that family can mean many things. So exactly. when you don't have um, necessarily someone that you're in love with around all the time, um, there are 
are friends, hopefully, or some groups or yes. you know, of people that you can connect with in a way that you can share your feelings, but also have sort of this give and take where you're both able to, or whatever group of friends right. you have, uh, comfort each other in times, you know? And and Definitely. I think that's really, that's super important for me. I'm always like trying to connect with, you know, some groups of friends mm-hmm. and my wife too, just to make sure that, you know, you have just... Your whole self is taken care of, you know? It's a lot to put on one person, I think. Yes, very true. And also, it's like, girl, at 19, this is when you're going to have the most fucking friends, okay? Like, whoever you know, because I'm telling you, you got another 10 years, then they start having these babies, they start getting married, you start seeing bitches every six weeks. This is the time when you and your friends fucking do everything together, hang out all the time, like, lean on these people. And you also realize people are going through shit. Everyone is going through shit. So sometimes you you forget because... You'll be like, oh, this my life sucks yeah. right now, or whatever, you know. And then, yeah. and you t- you talk to some friends, and it's not just to be like their life sucks too, yeah. but it's yeah. but sometimes you discover that like, oh, we're all going through things, exactly. you know. So that's uh, and it I, gets you yeah. out of your head to hear someone else. Like yeah. I know for me, it is it's very important to have the friends. Like one of my best friends, she is like the person who, if I feel shitty, I know I can call her, and that doesn't mean I'm gonna even bitch and moan. It just means for me, I. I need that person where I don't feel like I have to pretend. Yeah. Right? Like I, we can yes. talk and like I don't even have to complain as much as I now I don't have to be up. I don't yeah. have to be like, nah, 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 you know? Yeah. And that's like what makes our friendship work. And she can do the same for me. And like it'll be like, cause sometimes too, I think being in this business, I'll have these moments where I'm like, I know I should be grateful. And if I complain, people will be like, fuck you, you're fine. Right. And some people may feel that way. Yeah. But it's good to have one friend who's like, you still get to be pissed. Yeah, you can complain. Yeah, like you still get to be yeah. pissed. And so you need those kind of people. And it's very true. You cannot put that all on your partner. Andy and I, you know, one of our, you know, in addition to open hearts, loosen your butts, our other tagline is gotta miss a bitch. That's <laughs> crucial for love to last. You gotta yeah. go away from each other. Oh. You gotta find a moment. You gotta like go. Fully believe in that. Yes. You know? Yes. Also, she also said, and I hope we can all agree, but I'm gonna say firmly, yes, you need to stop speaking to him. She That's said right. they were talking every other day, checking in on each other. You will never let go. Because you already said you didn't want to break up. <sighs> yeah. You already said you didn't want to break up and you talking to him? That's hard. That's Brr, really hard. Delete that number. Give your phone to one of your friends and have them like retool your settings. <laughs> <And, like, laughs> block him. Uh, time is... Sometimes time is it. It really is. Yeah. It's just time and distance away from from thoughts, uh, relationships that aren't necessarily the best for you. Sometimes you learn that maybe they are good for you, and or maybe they're not. But you really need some space. You got to give yourself some space. I think. Yeah. To really figure it out, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard t- when you're like, in it. I remember I had a girlfriend. We were on and off for a lot of it, but um, when we finally like broke up for real, we still kind of like hooked up for a while, and. I had to say, like, oh, I'm not going to get over this person until we stop seeing mm. each other. Yeah. Right. And stop. I can't get over her while I'm inside her. That's just a fact. <laughs> I was, that's, that's just a fact. That is a fact. I was that's, saying, hard, <laughs> that's hard to do. Smooching, Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> you can beat your head only so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it real, like, you have yeah. to. Uh, you have you have to stop talking to yeah. this guy. I had a friend also tell me, I remember I went through a breakup so dramatic. I was like, oh my God. The Israeli vegan investment banker who did a mm. semester abroad at a black college. Mm. Issues. Whoa. There was a lot there. Um, <laughs> but I remember it was like the most dramatic breakup. And I was, it was me. Like I was a dramatic one. And then like, I had a friend who was like, you don't talk to him for two months. And she was older than me. So of course I was very like, I trusted her. And she was like, don't talk to him for two months. Mm. She was like, you, cause y'all were together for a year or like, I'm gonna see you, you know, it was like, I'll very, and she's like, yeah, of course you miss him because you're used to talking to this person every day. Mm-hmm. You have to just break a habit simply. 
And yeah. she told me, she was like, do not talk to him for two months. And I remember, because like the first week or so, of course, I was like calling and then this and that. And then it was like, yeah, she's right. And I just like had to do it. And just almost like that became the new thing. It's like, don't do it. And then it's true. Like after maybe week three, it started to feel better. It didn't yeah. feel like such a loss, yeah. you know? Ooh. Yeah. I actually, I might have an actual, This it comes from a dumb place, but try this. Caller, uh, visualize ooh. the person you want to be mm. and and use that, use this future you as an impetus or as um as motivation mm-hmm. to not talk to your ex for a little while. Now, here's the, yes, no, here's I'm into the this. dumb. Go on. Here, here, here's where the, the dumb place it comes from. Uh, uh, a guest on a previous episode of the show uh, said to stop drinking Diet Coke because it's basically rat poison. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, I knew that in the back of my head. And then having someone say it to my face, yeah. I was like, shit, you're right. Mm-hmm. So as of this recording, I've been off of Diet Coke for a week. Oh, congratulations. Okay? This is huge. And Great. even it's in our house and uh, I haven't been drinking it. Yeah, he didn't open the bottle. And every time I, no, there's an open bottle in uh, our fridge. Why I is it there? had a sip because it was for, there from before. Uh, I'm going to empty it. You have to remove it from the yeah, house. The, the it's fizz, yeah, the fizz is gone. When the fizz is gone. Over, what if guests come over and want some Diet Coke? What if they want rat poison? <laughs> <laughs> they got rats in their gut. Let them bring their own rat poison. <laughs> yes, BYO rat poison. Yeah. But every time I think about having a glass of it, I go, no, I want to be less bloated. I want to look better. I want to look younger. Yeah. We live in California. We live in Los Angeles. Oh. I know. Yeah. I know, Everyone's judging me by how I look. <laughs> I got I got to do it. <laughs> and that's what's, and that's the motivation. That's what like I think of myself and I think of myself in like a month from now and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I won't be as like waterlogged and gross." <laughs> yourself. Yeah. 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 And I'm and that is that this like thing I want to become is pulling me into the future. That is so that's good. That's really good. I think one thing for me too is if the temptation isn't there, yeah. uh that is also helpful. <laughs> So if I don't have to open my refrigerator and look at the Diet Coke, I will be probably more successful at avoiding uh, rat poison thoughts. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, my grandmother lived through the depression, so I learned to like hoard everything. Oh, you're hoard. stocked up. You're yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, yeah. We like... save everything, too. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I think that's I think we did it. I think we helped three people. On three separate journeys. Yeah. Danny, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me. Really Really appreciate it. it. All right. Yeah. Really appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Head nuts to both of you. Head nuts. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Twenty Seven Club is a podcast about famous musicians who died prematurely and sometimes mysteriously at the age of 27. This podcast is hosted by me, Jake Brennan, creator and host of the award-winning music and true crime podcast, Disgraceland. Season two of the Twenty Seven Club launches June 18th, 2020, with 12 episodes on the life and death of Jim Morrison of The Doors. The 27 Club contains adult content and explicit language. You can listen to The 27 Club on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, young world, the world is yours. It is I, OCT, the producer of the Baller Alert Show podcast, featuring none other than myself and the kid Ferrari Simmons with your favorite Ethiopian Sue Solo. <laughs> 
Show podcast is here for you, keeping you in the know with the latest of your favorite celebrities, current events, and providing free games to the listeners in need. So join the talk of the town because it's going down. It's the Baller Alert Show podcast, baby. Don't, don't you ever forget. We not only cover the latest in entertainment, but we bringing you the entertainment directly from the source. That's right. We have celebrity guest hosts, exclusive interviews, and it all goes down on the Baller Alert Show podcast. We are your number one source for the culture. So like DJ Khaled says, don't ever play yourself. Join the conversation today. Head on over to the Ball Alert Show and join me, Ferrari Simmons. Join me, Sue Solo. And it's all produced by me, OCT, on the Ball Alert Show podcast. Available on iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.